Eres. <laughs> okay. Do it again. Uh, do it. Oh, one more time. No. Uh, so, um, we live in Douglas, Arizona. Um, we planted a church and called it Douglas Reformed Church. Nothing left to the imagination. No. Uh, that is our theology, Reformed theology. That is our polity, Reformed polity. That is our ecclesiology. It's Reformed. Um, that is what we want to see of our communities, is we want to see everything reformed and yeah. renewed and revitalized. Um, so Douglas, Arizona, Hispanic culture. There are a lot of things I like about Hispanic culture. Um, one of the things I want to question within the culture here in Douglas, Arizona, is the 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 practice of Roman Catholicism. And I just want to be upfront about that. Um, I, I hope that uh, Roman Catholics, especially the leadership, Roman Catholic leadership here in Douglas, Arizona, I hope they see this. I uh, hope they hear this episode. hope they hear the questions that we want to ask um, because I have a lot of questions concerning Roman Catholicism, uh, especially here. Uh, I think Roman Catholicism is... <laughs> I think it's a dangerous worldview mm-hmm. um, for for people. Um, I I think it sets up a man-made religious system that is more of worldly politics than the actual Bible. I think it presents a false view of who God is and the work God is doing, and I, I think it creates a false sense of our place in in salvation and in church and in the world today. Uh, so I just want to read, this is from the website uh, from the Catholic community of Douglas Pertoville. Uh, this is, this comes out of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Tucson. If you want to see this, you can see it at douglascatholic.org and this is the mission statement there. Um, and the statement I want to question today is this one. We recognize affirm, and accept communion with the Vicar of Christ, our Holy Father, the Bishop of our Diocese, and his designated representative in our parishes, the pastor, here referring to Jojo, I guess, here in Douglas, Arizona, right? Um, So, 
what concerns me about that statement, uh, of course, that is the, the, the crux of the organizational church here in Douglas. If you become part of the Catholic community in Douglas, Pertleville, this is this becomes your mantra, right? We accept communion with the Vicar of Christ, our Holy Father, the Bishop of our Diocese. And it calls mm. the Bishop of our Diocese, our Holy Father, the Vicar of Christ, right? Mm. And so the, the Bishop of our Diocese, I guess, is located in Tucson, because this is the Catholic Diocese of Tucson, and his designated representative in our parishes, the pastor. And as soon as, as, soon as you say that, as soon as you ascribe to that, um, as soon as you commit yourself to participation in the Catholic community of Douglas Pertleville, uh, you're basically saying the pastor is your vicar. Yeah. He's the vicar of Christ um, in Christ's stead on this earth, as if Christ isn't working on this earth, um, as if he is the one who decides upon your spirituality. And the Catholic Church operates this way. Uh, he is the one who hears your confession. He is the one who administers your sacraments or sacraments to you in order mm. to preserve your salvation, your spirituality. He is the one who brings your children into heaven by baptizing them. He is the one. Jeez. The buck stops with him. And then I realized, thinking about the plethora of church organizations, that even Protestant churches are kind of set up like that, right? You have a senior or a lead pastor. He's, he is the boss um, he creates initiatives. He is the one who has the sole responsibility for all, for all teaching and counseling in the church. He is the one who hires staff. He is over the staff. And as far as I know, we're the only church in Douglas that does something different than that. Yeah, to my knowledge. Um, if there's somebody else there, please let me know. I want to be friends. Right? <laughs> I, was, <laughs> you know, uh, I, w- I would like to be friends with everyone. Um, and I want to, and I want to work together with everyone. But part of working together really is asking questions, like, right. why, why do you, oh priest? Uh, and this is weird because here he's calling himself a pastor, yeah, which, is, which is very, very weird for a Catholic church. church. Yeah. Um, but you, oh priest, you're setting yourself up as the father of the church. Uh, you are, you are setting yourself up above your congregation as leader and teacher and father um, as, as rabbi, right? Um, instead of presenting yourself with an attitude of, of servanthood, an attitude of, of washing feet and trying to edify others and build others up, we've created now a, a governmental system, a top-down governmental system in the church. Um, and many Protestant churches are doing the same thing, a senior lead pastor and He's presenting himself as the pastor of the church, yep. right? Um, and uh, this is just something we want to ask this of the Catholic Church here. Why? And we want to ask this of Protestant churches that do the same thing. Why? And oddly, basic questions are, are usually so controversial and, and problematic um, wherever they're asked, but but more so when it comes to you know asking people in a position of self-appointed authority. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of trouble typically comes. And again, these are just genuine questions. Obviously, I mean, in a town of, you know, 
think we're at 60 more. I don't know where we are anymore. <laughs> 16,000 something along those lines. I think we're actually decreasing the past year or two. Um, but with with a town of that many and then um, another few dozen churches of dis- disagreeing theology, um, we need to be asking questions. We need to be asking and, questions. And not just believe something because we're raised that way mm-hmm. um we you know we we can't disappoint our parents or uh, you know i'm going to be and I, i've actually heard this like i'm yeah i'm part of the catholic church but I'm, i don't really agree with them <laughs> you know it's like right. they're there for whatever reason or or same with mormon theology you know you have these however many generations that just can't mm-hmm. leave L- listen if if the answers to these questions are serious, which the passage we're about to get into, I mean, <laughs> Jesus is pretty doggone yeah. serious yeah. about what he's doing here. Um, we need to take these questions yeah. seriously and, and, and say, who cares about my preferences and my traditions and, mm-hmm. and, and what my preconceptions of truth are? What does God say truth but, is? And I also understand, like, we, we live in a community where uh, family family is important oh right? yeah hispanic culture That's family great. family is important yeah. uh, which is great mm-hmm. right um but some of what comes along with that is you don't really want to to go out and do anything if it's going to impact your standing with your family sure right yeah and unfortunately it it could cost a lot in order to start questioning Roman yeah. Catholic doctrine, yeah. uh, dogma, uh, Roman Catholic tradition, and the interpretation of Scripture that comes from the Vatican, right? Right. Um, uh, so it could cost a lot to question that. Uh, I understand that. Um, Jesus, in talking to his disciples, um, he was uh, he was telling them to question a lot of things too. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Pharisees and the the chief priests, the elders of Israel. Jesus was questioning their teaching. In fact, Jesus was flat out calling it wrong, right? Telling them, you need to go learn what this means, right? And he would Mm -hmm. quote a a verse from the prophets. You need to go learn what this means. And uh, his disciples or people that were interested in following him, they started hearing John chapter 6. You can go and and read it, right? He started started teaching them that he was their sustenance. Mm -hmm. They needed to quote unquote eat his flesh drink his blood right which he didn't mean literalistically right he wasn't telling them to be cannibals um, but he did mean he is their substance he's the manna that came from heaven he is the one who provides life and that teaching was so difficult for them to accept that many of them stopped following Jesus and I fear that many people today because Jesus's teachings are too difficult they are not following Jesus in order to follow tradition or in order to just be a part of an organization that their family's a part of with, without really thinking through it. Right. So I want to think through this. Um, I, I don't think Roman Catholic tradition is a valid authority. Right. Um, I don't think the dogmas of any organization, I don't think that's a valid authority to just um, ob- obsequious faith, right? Blind faith. I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> okay. But why can't we just let People believe what they want to believe. Oh, well, let them believe what they want to believe. But, <laughs> but I, I hope that they want to explore and find truth. Because I, yeah. I want to. I want to understand. You know, um, it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to 
to believe that people really want to live in ignorance. Sure. You know? Well, I mean, living in ignorance is comfortable mm-hmm. and, sure. and oftentimes easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but my goodness, when, when, when what we're getting at here isn't even, I mean, it's not, I, I hate to make things like quickly about our salvation, but that's the, main point we dis- <laughs> that's the main point we disagree with the Catholics on is the yeah. order of salvation. And, and this is the problem, right? Like, it's like these questions aren't just like, you know, pithy questions. These aren't, these aren't things that we're bringing up for you know, the sake of conversation. Um, the, the contrast between the teachings of, and, and you could you know, lump them into Catholicism and Protestantism, um, or you could break it down even further, but at, at its core, you know, you don't even have to categorize it at the end of the day. If, you know, we're talking to an individual here, it's like, it's about the claims of God mm-hmm. and, and what does he say? And, and this is a, the, the, the difference of what he's saying versus what you're taught and are believing mm-hmm. are, are a matter of salvation. Like, like, like hear and believe, like you, we're called to hear and believe in the gospel, right? Um, and 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 that's the questions that are being structured here, and the importance of the answers matter right. for all eternity. Mm-hmm. And that's why that's why we got to wrestle through these things. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, the Pharisees and the chief priests uh, obviously were promoting themselves up as. Teachers, uh, people in authority over the nation of Israel. Um, there were priests uh, who saw themselves as being the intercessors between mm-hmm. God and man, right? The vicar of Christ on earth. And here's what Jesus himself had to say about them. Okay, uh, this is Matthew chapter 23, starting in verse 1. Then Jesus spoke to the crowds and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and Pharisees have seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Therefore, all that they tell you do and observe. They were telling people to observe the Torah, the law. So Mm -hmm. Jesus says, yeah, it's good, do and observe that. But do not do according to their deeds. Don't follow their example, for they say things and do not do them. They tie up heavy burdens and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are unwilling to move them with so much as a finger. Yeah, come to me. Come confess. Look at all these sins that you've committed. You need to come to me and confess, right? That's what this is. But they do all their deeds to be noticed by men, for they broaden their phylacteries, wear white collars, right? Broaden their phylacteries and lengthen the tassels of their garments, wear the high priestly robes, right? They love the place of honor at banquets, and the chief priests' seats, or the chief seats in the synagogues, and respectful greetings in the marketplace. Hi, rabbi. Hi, mm-hmm. hi teacher. Hi, hi, priest. Hi, father. Hi, father. Right? They love the respectful greetings in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by men. And then Jesus' instructions to his own disciples, but do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher. And you are all brothers. He puts everybody on equal ground. There is not to be a top-down polity in his kingdom. Right? He is king. We are brothers. Mm-hmm. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Do not be called leaders, for one is your leader, that is Christ. But the greatest among you shall be your servant, 
And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And when I read this, I, re- I read it earlier before we started the episode. And I read this and, and I remember my, my, my early move into ministry and into, and into preaching and into pastoring, you know, whatever, whatever that looked like. Um, and I was the type of person who exalted myself, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I read this and, and still I think of that. I've, I've gone through this conviction I know what it's like to read the word, and I, I still, it comes up in my mind. Like, God reminds me, this is where you were. Be gentle, because this is where people go naturally, right? Um, but just to see this, like, this is, this, is, this is what the Holy Spirit awakens in us. And it's a call not to have to be a leader, or pastor, or rabbi, or, or teacher, or to be called father, Right? In fact, Jesus says your attitude, you shouldn't want to be called any of those. Don't be called any of those. Um, you are brothers. You are equal. And so when we set up our polity in our churches, our church governmental structures, if it doesn't reflect this, the basic heart of a Christian, I, I question whether we can call those real church organizations. Now, I know there are real Christians in those mm-hmm. organizations, sure. right? Um, and even pastors who are, who are there, just because it's the only thing they know, this is the way things have been done for so long, it's hard to get away from that. Um, that just seems normal. It's just the way things are done. But then when Jesus starts talking like this and we realize we've set up our churches this way, this is what we've done, um, it should cause us to weep because that means our polity is all wrong. We're, we're exalting some people above other people. Mm-hmm. But we are to all be brothers here. Right. That's why I'm thankful to, to be in a church where, where we want a plurality of elders keeping each other accountable and serving the congregation. Right. Right. Um, but just reading that, man, almost every pastor reading this should just feel such a deep conviction and like right. a need to change the way things are. And I don't, I don't know why we're not. You know, we should be. Well, I like to break us out of our... I don't want to say we're in, well, we could functionally be in an echo chamber when we're sitting here talking about other things and being, look, you guys just don't understand. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I hate the term. Can we, let's make a new term that's, that doesn't be the devil's advocate because I'd never want to advocate for the devil. But then again, I guess that would be what I'm doing. <laughs> Go for it. So, let me be the devil's let's, advocate. Here let's because, debate yeah. right now. <laughs> um, so, so here's, here's when, when we're asking questions, like, I'm thinking, oh, what's it, one of the natural things that would come into, I would say, a congregant's mind? A priest should know why they believe this. If they don't, they're in serious trouble. <laughs> but yeah. but let, let's, for a moment, if I were you know, a, a congregant in a Catholic church, which I once was for a very long time, um, we see here, um, even, let's say, fine, yeah, Catholics now, we go to the Bible, you know, let's read, I mean... The scribes and, and Pharisees, they sit on, on Moses' seat. Um, so here Jesus is affirming, you know, because because he sit on Moses' seat, so do and observe whatever they tell you. So so Jesus himself is granting that these, these Pharisees and, and Sadducees have authority in the church mm. um, because they're seated on Moses' seat. Mm. So so why 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 are we talking about this idea that 
a priest who is an intercessor um, or or hear these, which Jesus really get hypocrites that he's addressing because of their their claims not matching their actions. Um, why 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 we go on about um, priests being a problem, the biker or the bigger? Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, I would say that uh, someone's teaching can be good and their polity be terrible. Okay. <laughs> Someone can read from the Bible and say, do this, and that's a good thing. Okay? Yeah. But, but then practically speaking, they're not doing what the Bible asks them to do. That's just bad leadership. That's what the Pharisees and scribes are doing. To prove that, I'll continue in Matthew's gospel right, right where we left off. Okay? Well, you got to be all over the Bible, is, man. Is that okay? I'll just, I'll just continue. I'm just going to read story. it, right? I'm just going to read it. But woe to you, this is verse 13, but woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people. For you do not enter in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. So they're, they're teaching the law, okay, but they're not getting in to heaven. They're not part of the kingdom of God. Mm. They're getting the law right, but they're not part of the kingdom of God. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you devour widows' houses. And for a pre- so Jesus has just instructed those widows, like, hey, they're teaching the law. The law is good. It's, it's the word of God. That's what they're teaching, right? But they're not getting into heaven. In fact, they're devouring everything you own. You're giving what you, what you have to them, what God has mm-hmm. given you. You are giving to them. They're devouring widows' houses. And for a pretense, you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. So you're doing this for a show. You're, you're being flamboyant in your religiosity. You're wearing the, the garb that says, hey, I'm, I'm super Christian, right? Um, you, are, you are presenting yourself as better than other people. Therefore, you will actually be condemned to a greater degree. You will receive greater condemnation. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you travel around on sea and on land and make one proselyte. And that seems like a very spiritual things to do. But when he becomes one, when he becomes a disciple, he's becoming a disciple of you, right? You make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. So this stuff is, this is strong language Jesus yeah. is using, right? Woe to you blind guides who say whoever swears by the temple, that is nothing but whoever swears by the gold of the temple is obligated. You fools and blind men, which is more important, the gold of the temple that sanctified the gold and Whoever swears by the altar, that is nothing. But whoever swears by the offering on it, he is obligated. You blind men, which is more important, the offering or the altar that sanctifies the offering. Therefore, whoever swears by the altar, swears both by the altar and everything on it. And whoever swears by the temple, swears by the temple and by him who dwells within it. And whoever swears by heaven, swears both by the throne of God and by him who sits upon it. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin, and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these things you should have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. And I'll stop there. Jesus yeah, keeps going. Say, we need to go back to like, 13 because I'm not done with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus just, he just keeps going here, right? Yeah. Um, but the idea is these men have presented themselves in places of authority. Right. And it turns out that's not such a great thing (laughs) because they're having to wear clothes. They're having to do their deeds in front of others. So if you say, 
Uh, so if your reaction to this is, but my priest is such an amazing, you should see all the things that he does. Mm. Jesus talked about that right here. Yeah. He's earning condemnation for himself by doing that so he can be seen by people uh, rather than just being a sincere servant. Like yeah. this is exactly what Jesus has talked about and and we need to pay attention. Right. For the sake of um, looking at a, a varying degree of situations because you can't sit and talk about every situation, every church, every congregation, everywhere. And that's why we're talking in generalities. We're talking mm-hmm. about basic truths. Um, there, there are priests who, who love people genuinely. Sure. They, they serve people. Like we're not, we're not sitting here saying like every all priest, priest is all evil. Y'all mean, yeah. y'all hypocrites. Well, and, like, and every, and if we, and if we were to say that every senior pastor or lead pastor, was, <laughs> yeah. all of them were hypocrites. And all, right. No, but this is the system that we've set up in our right. churches. Right. And this is the very system Jesus condemns. And it's that kind of, so you even think about denominations. You think yep. about sexual abuse in Roman Catholicism, the recent sexual abuse and Me Too movement in Southern Baptist Convention. Yep. Right? All of yep. this spurs out of this unhealthy polity that people have set up. And then people are raised within that and they don't know what else to do. Yeah. <laughs> this is the system we're in. We have to work with it. But right. Jesus condemns us. This kind of system facilitates evil. Yeah, and you know one of the big things that I was thinking of when you're reading through this, and went, man, this is interesting, kind of <laughs> shooting from the hip, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> but but I, I'm hearing you read like like verse 13, like like shutting out the kingdom of heaven from people's faces. Like like I'm thinking also one of the the implications here today that we see there um, is keeping people from Christ, like. Like mm-hmm. big deal, and and the the application with today's you know, structures of Catholic churches is like you already talked about, like the idea of going to a father or or intercessor, somebody who is still in the place of what Christ, Christ is now. Be. Yeah, right. Um, so, and I I noticed this too. Um, I've, I've I've I have pastored a couple different churches, mm-hmm. right. And they were the single pastor, senior pastor type polity churches. And even while I was in the midst of that, I, I hated it. <laughs> um, absolutely hated it. And we'll see um, if you have a different feeling this time. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too, man. <laughs> oh no, I'm doing it. You, That's it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and here's the tendency I noticed, and and this is and this is because I cared and I hated that system, and I hated I hated being the tip of the spear because I, I know that's not God's design, but right. I'm, I'm trapped in this system. I was talking to Katie the other day. I I don't know what to do, mm. like. Um, if Douglas Reformed Church doesn't work out, it's not like my theological view will allow me to just start sending my resume out again. I, <laughs> I don't, I, my, I can't theologically. I just can't that's, justify that's that a anymore. Pickle, man. Right? I see how. And, yeah. and I was like, I was like, what do you do? I'm called to ministry. I'm called to preach. But this is a stuck system, which <laughs> so means what? you're stuck here. <laughs> stuck. All right. So anyway, uh, been in churches serving as a pastor the pastor, senior mm. pastor, lead pastor, whatever term you put there. And here's what I notice. I was doing nearly all of the work. And of course. preaching and teaching, there was almost no one else in the congregation the I could guy. fall back on. I'm the hired guy. I was the one expected to visit 
when people needed to be visiting. I'm not against visiting people. I like getting, going and visiting, right? Right. But if you're the only one doing that, mm. who else in the church is serving? Mm. And if God has called us all to be servants and he's called us all to practice our spiritual right. gifts and service to one another, and the lead pastor is the one doing nearly all of that or most of that, or the lead pastor is, or the senior pastor or the priest or whatever, he's the one trying to to mobilize everyone else in the congregation and he's the only one strategizing and doing things. Um, that's not what the church is. Mm-hmm. That's He's a CEO of, of a business right. and he's, he's working the people and organizing volunteers, which sadly is what churches are looking for, someone who can do all of that and manage all of that, which actually incapacitates the church because now not everybody is enabled to serve to their greatest capacity, right? And the pastor's not being served by the congregation. All of a sudden, you have to develop a denominational model where this pastor goes and meets with other pastors, Mm -hmm. and you have a a director of missions who is a pastor to the pastors, and then he has to have someone else up in the the denomination to be a pastor to him. It's just a just this big, broken system of failed experiment by now. Is what and it one is. broken issue creates a hundred others. Mm-hmm. You know that just keeps going and going, yeah. and that's when you have right. And so, so if we, so system. if we can get, if we can get back to a biblical model, and and that's what it means here. Like um, you shut off the kingdom of heaven from people because you're actually presenting yourself as their Christ, and instead of being all about Christ and all about what Christ has done. They're relying too much on you, which is why even when I did serve as pastor, I refused to do everything. Yeah. And I got burned for that, mm. right? But that's the, that's the only healthy way to approach it. You can't do everything for everybody. Why? Because then you become their Christ and they never meet Christ. You're right. shutting them off from the kingdom of heaven. Um, the vicar of Christ yeah. in Roman Catholic Church, the bishop and his representative, the pastor, they're just getting in the way. Man, step out of the way and right. let people go to Christ. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it really needs That's to it. be that, that simple. Um, and, and it's our, our traditions and preconceptions that complicate what we're, we're basically instructed to do without confusion. Like, like how, but we didn't want to get in. See, I always, when I start talking about polity, man, I just want to start getting into <laughs> we'll stick. We'll stick with uh, Matthew. For our listeners, polity <laughs> means church government structure. Okay, right. right. So uh, I, I'm 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 gonna wheel myself back a little bit. Why? No, just that's kidding. where I go, man. Uh, when we're talking about like the, the the pastors or the pastor running the show, so to speak. Um, yeah, it's just you're heaping on um, a lot of. A lot of responsibilities on one person that isn't capable of doing it, so they're becoming overrun and 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 burnt out. Which you see books wrote, wrote about all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, why we have pastor burnout? Because you're not running your church properly. You yeah, know? that's not it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, you have pastoral burnout. Because Christians aren't being the body of Christ, right, they're right. they're trying to be a worldly business. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work that way. And really, as as you know, under shepherds, um, which I think is a, a, a very 
a, a better way to understand what the role of pastoring elders sure. in the church. You know, we stand alongside and and man, it's like it's like leading a, a marriage. You know, it's you, you stand alongside, you walk together, you pursue Christ. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're pursuing Christ together. That's it. That's what we're doing. We're all yeah. looking towards yeah. Him. We're all right. walking towards serving, living for Him, praying to Him. You know, desiring Him. Like like and and that's the 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 importance of of one of the aspects of of not being that one guy. But man, like and then I think about. How much trouble is caused when it comes to like the personality? Like, I don't, I, I don't think I've ever met a man um, that has the the proper humility and strength to lead a, a congregation by himself. Nobody, because, no, not know, by himself. Nobody can. Is he gonna argue with himself when he disagree? Oh wait, he's not gonna disagree with him because he believes what he believes, <laughs> right? You know what decisions he makes. You know, disciplining. You know, congregants like. Like you, you just can't you can't do that by yourself. Which means you're you're either doing it wrong or you're not doing it, or both. Like no, no. This is one of the this is one of the questions Martin Luther had when his ninety five theses sparked the Reformation and the existence of Reformed churches. Praise God. So, so the existence of Protestant churches, which praise the Lord for this, right? And the separation from Roman Catholicism. Uh, 500 plus years ago now, right? Um, one of the questions that sparked this, Martin Luther asked in his 95 Theses. Honest questions. Honest questions. Just wanting well, answers. If, if everybody needs to confess, who's the Pope confessed to? <laughs> there's, no, there's no intercessor for the Pope. How can, how can he be forgiven? And, and if he has no one to confess to, how can anyone confess to him? Because that confession doesn't mean anything. And... Whoever confesses to him, how can anyone confess to them? Because all of a sudden their confessions don't mean anything. Your confession to a priest means nothing. Great question. Nothing. Yeah. Right? Yep. What's the answer? What's the answer? Yeah. So I think I think you've had enough time <laughs> to think about the question, you know. At least a thousand Serious years. issues. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> these are serious, important, like, questions that have... Eternal consequences. Mm. Why? Why are you being confessed to, in a way that believes you can do anything about it? Because right. we do know, like we would go to passages and we actually encourage it in the church when it yeah. says confess, confess your, your sins, sins to, to one, one another. another, not so to a priest. That's to one not another. bad right. <laughs> to one another. But you're instructed to confess your sins for the purpose of mutual encouragement and. Edification yeah. and accountability, right? Yeah. Not because your confession to any person does anything about your salvation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Helps yeah. you work out your salvation as you confess your sins. True, but you already have the salvation. <laughs> Justification. So, uh, <laughs> and that is in Christ alone. Yeah. Not accomplished absolutely. through not a, not accomplished through any priest but Christ. Yep. He's it. You go directly to him. You don't need a priest. Yeah. I'd like to debate that. I would like to, too. I would like to have a debate. (laughs) I would like to hear a genuine stab at that that type of question. And and here's the hard part. And, And I think this is where any type of dialogue could run into problems is because if... 
if you're talking to somebody who's answering a question like this that puts authority and tradition, mm-hmm. then, you, then you lose that topic right. and you have to go to the topic of tradition. Right. Um, because, I mean, that's, that's where something like this is going to happen. Like, this is, this is where I would imagine um, my, my memory is fuzzy at this point. I was young when I when I was a Catholic, and uh, I don't remember much anymore about it. But um, well, they would go to Paul encouraging Timothy to to keep with the traditions that he has been taught. Yeah, right. But the traditions Timothy was taught was the law. Right. <laughs> it was scripture. <laughs> um, so there's that, and we also have Peter writing. I think it's in. So first or second Peter, I have to go back and look at it, right? But Peter writing, appealing to authority, and he says, do you think the things that we're teaching are human tradition? Mm. These aren't human tradition. These aren't things invented by people. No, we got these things from the scriptures and from Christ himself. Like That's what we teach. Yeah, We don't appeal to human tradition. And Peter comes out and says that. And I just think we should appeal to the same authority that that the apostles did, and that's scripture alone. Am I wrong for thinking that we should do the same things the apostles did on Catholic Church? Yeah, well, <laughs> they would claim they believe that too. So, right, let's unify in that. Right? <laughs> Absolutely, let's let's that's both come I'm, together and say, let's up. do what the apostles said, <laughs> and, and do what the apostles did. Yeah. Appeal to the same authority they appealed to, right? And the authority they they appealed to was scriptures every time. Yeah. So let's do that. Let's do that together. I'm down. I like it. So which direction would we go if, man, let's say God does something miraculous in Douglas that's so like unprecedented. Like people, people here and they like the idea of just questioning truth like what what is truth what are we supposed to believe and the holy spirit starts convicting lives and so we'll start with the the couple i i, I guess you read from pearl i didn't know there's a pearl one too so i knew there's two in douglas here let's say we start working through the priests show up like you know what let's do it let's work through it and have some dialogue and drink some coffee and are they allowed to drink beer yeah, they, yeah of course they, they drink, drink beer drink beer yeah the priests um, have to drink the rest of the wine remember Oh, is that is that so we'll Catholicism a, or is that Judaism? So if, if you can, we'll have a cold beer, you know, talk theology, and and we're not gonna like, like I hope by this point we've shown like we're not like antagonistic and really like just swinging fists. Like not interested. In this would punches. be fun conversation. And you know what? If you think you have great answers for all this, uh, no, I wasn't getting at that. What I was getting at. <laughs> God does this miraculous work, and, and we start talking and you know, working through this and like, which direction do we go? Do, do the, the priests step down or do they just become pastors? Like, I guess some of them are calling themselves now and we unify together. Uh, do we go into, uh, the Catholic congregations? Do they come out? Cause now, now they're going to, you know, they're going to, well, they'd have to break ties with the Vatican, right? A lot of them already are. <laughs> a lot of them already are. Yeah, and it's, there's turmoil in the Catholic Church. I mean, right now. well, and just rightfully like, so. And just like we, we've we've we're basically 
a brand new church plant here and mm-hmm. and we've decided to be non-denominational and this is one of the reasons yeah like we we have broken ties i mean i'm still connected with people in southern baptist convention that's the denomination i was before Mm -hmm. right so i'm still connected with people still friends with people i still want to serve people there but i just i can't get down with the polity anymore and that's one of the reasons polity and just the the flakiness of the convention overall and and the people there um and just the the unnecessary problems that the convention has um and so it's just because you you break ties with official like roman catholicism doesn't mean you you have to break all your connections no you still want a gospel connection yeah <laughs> right um so it's that happens we've we've made a change here mm-hmm. um we're brand new here uh, and when we recognize we're wrong i hope we're humble enough to change too mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, that's the call. Like, if we, if the Bible calls us out as wrong in whatever we're doing, it ends up being a salvation issue eventually down the line. I hope we're humble enough to recognize it and change according to God's word, Romans chapter 12, right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you are transformed by the renewing of your mind, that is when you are able to test and approve God's good, pleasing, and perfect will according to the scriptures. Right. Yeah. And so um, my my prayer is that that we're we're able to test and approve God's good, pleasing, and perfect will because we're humble enough to change our minds. Changing a mind is what we're instructed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are we are we going with a a few questions today, or we want to highlight one? I'd love for man. Really need to get some inquiries from people. Um, because I know I know what it's like to step out mm. from the comfort zone of, of just being a spectator. Yeah. Um, but I really love to see some questions from people in the community. Just, you know what? I have a pseudonym. That's fine too. If you want to put something on a, on one of our social medias, comment whatever the pseudonym. You know, it's easy to do through YouTube, which we're live streaming through right now. That'd be cool too. Like um, we're gonna be doing this each week. Um, we can take live questions if mm-hmm. people want to tap in that way. Yeah, in fact, I can see the live feed right now. So next week, if you want to jump on and do some live questions, yeah. uh, that'd be fine. Unless we're doing blacktop next week, we're doing blacktop or unraveled next week. Well, I think we're doing, gonna do unraveled, few, unraveled, few few weeks of right. unraveled. Yeah, as we're, we're really playing to the the community here again. Man, it's just like just asking questions, like yeah. like. Don't just like fine. We're we're calling you to bed and everything that you believe in your families and generations. Of, we're not doing like, that. <laughs> like no, just like we we really are trying to get people to think. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of us are super novice. You know, obviously we wouldn't we wouldn't be leading a church if we we thought we were. Uh, right. So we, we're you know you have formal education. I've done years of uh, my own studies through scripture. So we're not. We're not like just like, oh yeah, I used to be this when I was younger, and now I'm I'm this. Like it's not some like empty um, conversion. Conversion, yeah. yeah. So 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 we really love the deep theological questions, and we love the commu- we really love the community. Yeah, um, we do. And we want we want to engage with people. We want to, we want to talk about these questions um, and answer yours if you have them and don't well, have anywhere to go think, with that. We think these questions are very important. Yeah. 
Uh, and I know that there's a tendency to ignore important questions yeah. so that we can have fun or talk about other things, right? But these questions are important for eternal life, the renewal, the revitalization of the whole community because we believe Christ really wants to do that, right? Yeah. And we believe he will do that. Um, but these questions matter for our families, for for our participation in government, for our religion, for our workplaces, our jobs, for our interactions with others, whatever we're building, whatever we're doing. These questions matter. This, this is... This is the source material, uh, what we believe about God and ourselves that pours out in everything that we do. Yeah. Um, so these questions matter. Absolutely. And, and I wish people were more interested in talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> I mean, it's far-reaching. That, that would be something that maybe, maybe we would post too. Why, can you answer that question? Why, why are so many here not interested in the things of God? Like... Like we're not going to argue with you. Just tell us. Like we're curious about. We're really curious. Like we're we're sitting here wanting to talk with, engage the community, we love the community, want to see it bettered. Um, just tell us what it is that you don't care about, like, or why it's a burden to you to talk about things. To me. Or are we wrong? And it's on a lot of people's minds. Like we're trying yeah. to hear and engage, but we're not getting a lot of responses from a lot of a lot of folks. So. Those would be the type of engagement we would like and appreciate too. Maybe you don't have a deep understanding of what you believe, but it's the way you're raised. Like, but you don't really care because you have, you know, three kids to take care of and you're a single mom. I don't know. Like, like those are the types of things I'd love to hear too. Yeah. Um, just to just to better understand the, the folks we live, worship, and you know, work amongst. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's that's why we are here, mm -hmm. right? We are here to ask questions of the community. That's why we're doing this podcast, Unraveled. That's why we put the stinking word reformed in our church name. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's, that is what we're here to do, uh, to reach people with the gospel, uh, to question truth claims, and to present in an expository way just what the Bible says. Like, simply put, that's what we're about uh, and, right. uh, and we hope to we hope to get some engagement, and we hope when you get interested, when you get addicted to the Word of God, we hope to see oh. you on Sunday. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right. like, God's Word is addicting. When you start realizing like what it really says, it's like, oh my gosh, how did I not see this before? And it's exciting. And it's wonderful. So go watch a few of our videos on YouTube, and uh, hopefully you'll get addicted to like God's yes. Word just exposed. Uh, none of this. Uh, you know, uh, looking just looking through that Catholic website and the blog by by Father Jojo, uh, just looking at that, there were references to Scripture on the blog posts, but mostly he's like quoting from church tradition and not not expounding on almost almost any on the Word of God in his homilies there on the blog. Um, so I, I would say, man. Go listen to some expository teaching. You'll get addicted to it, and I hope, <laughs> hope you hope to see it on Sunday. And it really yes. is addicting. I mean, once once you hear hear God's word, and that's the focus, and that's what you're learning. You're not learning about people's thoughts or opinions. Uh, the the reason that we see so much of this diluting of God's word, and I would say just completely ignoring it, is because we've we've become focused as a church of entertaining people rather than just preaching mm -hmm. the word because just preaching the word to 
a group of unregenerate people will lose their attention like that. Yeah. And then you lose your, your big church, you lose your, your money, you, know, well, you lose all, all these things. It's like a matter of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to just stick to the word and lose two-thirds of your congregation? Yeah. You should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one of the things, too, that makes a, a biblical polity different. is because if you have a senior pastor and a lead pastor whose job it is to present something interesting, on Sunday morning, right? right? He's always having to fish for tradition and stories and jokes and humor, comedy, whatever it is, right? Always having to quote from the fathers because it's it's familiar enough, but it's alien enough to keep our attention, right? Um, instead of just reading a Bible verse and explaining what it means word for word, reading a Bible verse and explaining what it means word for word. Um, when a when a someone who is teaching their spiritual gift is teaching um, does that. Read a Bible verse, explain it word for word. Read a Bible verse, explain it word for word. He's not presenting his own philosophies. Mm-hmm. He is not the teacher of the congregation. He is not the father of the congregation. He is not the leader of the congregation. He is explaining the word of God. Right. And Christ is the king of the congregation. And that's what we want. We don't want anything less than that, which is sadly what so many people resort to right trying to make themselves leaders and and the teachers and right. the fathers of the congregation yeah which is another simple important statement to make like for for a lot of younger folks too that are looking to get into ministry like if you say to yourself i want to be a pastor like that's what i want to do in my life like why why do you <laughs> want to be a pastor yeah. That's that's an important question to ask, and then like wondering why you're pursuing that when you're like, are you not in the congregation? Are you looking outwards at something that you're not? Because if you want to be a pastor, you are functioning like one. You're loving and living alongside people and serving them in a way that a pastor would. So if you want to be a pastor, you should be functioning as one without recognized authority, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's like this idea, like, and, and, and I know that's like a dying thing, you know, it was popular for our generation to want to be a pet. Like that, that was interesting. I think that, that trend is dying as far as like this, this professional pastor pursuit. There like, is no glamour. None. <laughs> you don't even get esteemed anymore. You're like, you're, you're, you are the muck, you know, that, what are you doing, man? Why are you judging me? Like, why, why are you so... Judgmental and hypocritical, like because you're evil. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) And and scene. scene. Uh, uh, Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, no. There's nothing glamorous about taking it, taking up the mantle of proclaiming the word of God, right, and stewarding. The church, right? Of God, right? And that's what it is. Uh, ultimately, people go directly to Christ. Um, the only thing I'm here to do is read God's God's. I'm just really just mouthpiece. That's it. Mm-hmm. And God does wonders despite the person presenting the word, not because of him, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. And that's that's the way we should see it. Um, there is no no religious organization that can get you close to God. Uh, God God must God must bring you close. He must give you the heart. 
you know, draw near to you. Yeah. Let me let me punch us in the gut again, um, because we live in a society today uh, that really has a problem with objective truth, and truth is what you believe it to be. I mean, we see this chaos with, well, can I identify as 50? Well, can I identify as a little girl? Can I identify as a squirrel? And then you, you see this engagement of like people actually like trying to be consistent, but like, you know what? I'm not going to... I'm not going to give you a hard time. If you're a squirrel and you're a 30-year-old squirrel, fine. Like, whatever makes you happy. Um, but the, 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 the culture has a problem with calling out other people's claims of truth, which is, like, the basis of our show, yeah. is, uh, like, like, assessing truth claims. That's what we do here. Now, what, what, if, what if we should be looking at ourselves... Uh, and we're the hypocrites because there's going to be a lot of people. I've gotten that quite a bit. You know, you're a hypocrite. I mean, why are you so judgmental? Ah, da, 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 da. You know, you get it all the time. Well, let's let's analyze ourselves here. Verse 24. I mean, are are we not looking at ourselves here? Because look, you blind guides straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. So here, you know, Jesus, hypocrite, hypocrite. Woe to you, blind guy. Like, does... Are, like, are we not listening to Jesus and, and we're the hypocrites and we're talking about like, like, oh, you what's it, a priest versus a pastor? Really? Like you're going to, you're going to make such a big problem about such a nuance that, that you're going to cause divisions and, and conflicts and, and, and tell people they're, they're wrong. Like you're, that, that's a net. Like, like why, why are you going for those little things? And bothering people's yeah. lives and their their families and their 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 traditions and their history, like, and why not just let them be, or look at us and say, stop focusing on the minors. Are we focusing on the minors here with what we're talking about today? Uh, I don't think so. Um, now, if I'm wrong about that, hopefully I realize it and confess my sin. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's one thing. I'm willing to do that. If I'm wrong, I'll confess my sin. <laughs> that's, yeah. I want to do that. Um, but as far as straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel, the, the chief priests and the Pharisees, they set them up as absolute judges. What's the first thing we invited people into here? A conversation. Right. If you have an answer for it, please bring it because we want to understand. That's not what the Pharisees and chief priests were doing. They were saying, this is the way it is. Look at all of your little sins oh look at that little word you spoke now you have to go and make penance and you have to confess right Right. Uh, that's not what we're doing here we're asking we're asking questions why do you do this why do you set yourself up like this even though Jesus taught us not to Um, so I I don't think we're straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel if we are I hope that I'm faithful to confess that okay yeah Um, but but I don't think we're doing that here well, here I think is one of the important foundations of Reformed theology that could, in, in, a, in a right example, could lead us to the Roman Catholic Church. If, if we are, like, the, the, the nature of how we conduct ourselves, like, like the theology we adopt, what we believe, it's reform. You, you always take always. your thoughts, go to the scriptures, change your mind. So... So the idea with that is priests 
congregant, deacon. Um, if you if you believe you have the truth and we're in error, and our our very nature in our theology is to change our minds, like that's how we live. Parenting, husband, you know, <laughs> like like employee, like we we live to change our mind according to scripture. So if you can come in and sit with us and love us, like maybe we're in the dark and we need the truth and we're just not seeing. And you have a dialogue with us that you show us why the scriptures teach you're speaking the truth and we're mistaken. Like I'll convert to Roman Catholicism because if if it's taught in the scriptures, I'm going to believe it. And, And I, I mean that. Like, I obviously don't agree with Roman Catholic doctrine, but I always, I always live in a state of like there are so many things in the Bible I don't know, and if I'm ever proven wrong, big or small, um, I don't change my mind quickly, and we're instructed not to. Don't be you know, right. thrown around with every wind of doctrine. So, but I will, I will always take what truth claims are made with the scriptures. And work through that. So that that's a genuine appeal. I'm not that's some bait. Like, hey, Catholic priest, you know, come in. Try to convert me. Try to convert me. Like, I genuinely mean that. Like, if 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 we're in the dark, like that's how we live. That's how we live. Mm -hmm. Like, we really genuinely put all authority in the scriptures. And if that points us to our error, we repent and we change. And and there is no explaining away or denying. Uh, certain pa- oh that's not you know that's not the interp- no like the speak the scriptures speak for themselves well even even the way we conduct ourselves on Sunday morning during the gathering right yeah it comes time for the sermon and there have been a couple occasions you've heard me say this passage changed my mind this week <laughs> <Right? laughs> amen and and you've heard me say that right yeah. uh, you've asked me questions before like hey what do you think about this and I'll give you a quick answer you know and be like, well, I'll change your mind, and then you don't even have to change my mind because I'm reading the Bible and it doesn't. <laughs> yes, that's the best. So I was, I'll stand up on Sunday morning and be like, Ken, I came to a conclusion about this <laughs> by reading the Bible. So yeah. it's, um, yeah, I think, I, think, I think we live that out pretty faithfully so far. Yeah. And I hope we never stop. All right. Anyway, is there anything else? Please answer us. We, we want to know, and uh, we want our community to be thinking about these things. Absolutely. That's it. Yep. All right. Hope to hear from you soon. Man. for joining us.